Welcome to the Coach's Wife 308. I'm your host, Megan Spargo. Here, we're going to be exploring everything from personal development, health, and wild new ideas from the curious perspective of a small town coach's wife. If you're curious like me, you're in the right place. Let's get on with today's episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Coach's Wife. So glad you're here to join me. So we cover a lot of different things here on The Coach's Wife. And ultimately, what I want you, the listeners, to take away from each of my episodes is some degree of information, but mostly I want you to feel inspired, inspired to grow, to really just dig into your best life. So quite honestly, and feeling inspired is probably like my favorite, one of my, or I would say top five <laughs> favorite emotions to feel. So naturally, I want to share that with you. However, today we're going to talk about enduring these more unenjoyable and unpleasant, unpleasant emotions that I think can lead to massive unblocking and personal power. So another strange thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take a, a, a quote from the Bible or a verse from the Bible, um, like any good deconstructed, reconstructing spiritual person. I get a lot of good, good stuff from Instagram. So I saw this kind of going through and, and it really resonated because this idea of experiencing unpleasant emotions has kind of been on my mind lately. And this is Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. So this belief that I have come to adopt and is now, I guess, part of the lens through which I see the world is, and it is that life is 50% good and 50% bad, no matter what all the time. And so I got this from the life coach, Brooke Castillo. So what this belief has done for me is number one, when I'm going through a difficult time or when I have to do something really unpleasant, I understand that this doesn't mean that everything is going wrong, that the world is burning down around me. It doesn't mean that I'm doing life wrong. I understand that I am simply experiencing life's other 50%. And because of this, I don't get stuck in this resistance of that the unpleasantness or this this discomfort should not be. I can move a little bit easier into that acceptance. So in the wise words of Byron Katie, when you fight with reality, you only lose 100% of the time. And so rather than resist, when we talk in mindfulness, what we're doing is accepting the situation, especially those things that are outside of our control, which are really other people, other people's thoughts, other people's feelings, and just world circumstances. Um, this allows me to navigate through this discomfort with less self-judgment, less judgment of others, and less judgment of the situation, and just kind of move through it. This awareness that life sucks half the time allows me to see this shitty time or the super uncomfortable action I need to take will make me better, will make me stronger because I can access my personal power. So for instance, taking uncomfortable action, which listen, for me can be telling somebody I made a mistake or setting a firm boundary or, I mean, sometimes it's just 
you know, letting people know, letting somebody know I'm unhappy. Once I do this or take this action, I will have crossed into a threshold. Once this action is taken in the presence of this terribly uncomfortable emotion, which a lot of times for me is going to be some variation of fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection. And that emotion, to name some that might resonate with you, would be fear, anxiety, embarrassment, humility, anger, all of that. This no longer holds so much power over me so that I can really move through with my prefrontal cortex in a way that's just a lot more helpful, more that's more serving to the situation. And there's going to be uncomfortable actions that we might have to take over and over again. And these emotions are still going to be present, most likely. But now you know, because you have now done it, that you can do this hard thing in the presence of these hard emotions. You can endure this difficult situation because now you have done it. You've proved to yourself, to your subconscious, that this is something that you can do. And there's no moving backwards outside of that threshold. So you've kind of like made, gotten yourself to a bigger spot. So you know, once you've kind of crossed into this threshold, I think one thing that you will find is little things that may have set you off before are not even in your radar. Your your threshold for, for problems that really affect you is much higher. You know what I mean? There's just not as many things in your life that bother you. Um, <clears throat> definitely something that I've seen happen. So there's kind of some theoretical thoughts about this idea, but I thought it would be helpful if I gave you some personal anecdotes, especially from (laughs) my job on Friday. I had a couple uncomfortable phone calls to make. And so I work in sales and I did have to call one particular client and about 50% of the time, it might be closer to like 75. This client is straight at me. And you guys, I love my clients. They, I love getting to know them all of the time, but I do have one that I'm working with right now that is, these are conversations that I always want to avoid. They say mean things, they say bad words, they get angry. And my perception is, is they hold me in quite a bit of contempt. I'm in sales, so I don't know if they just think I'm going to screw them over or I'm trying to pull a fast one on them. That's how it comes across to me. So all of these conversations are really uncomfortable and I can, I can feel it in my body. My heart rate goes up. I'm just, you know, almost shaking. And I, I have a proposal for them that is, you know, significantly higher than the one that I'd given them before, because we had to go do some higher measurement or some, you know, final measurements. And part of the reason it's higher was for things that they had wanted, um, more services and, you know, more, more things. But also I had um, messed up on a measurement that needed to be adjusted and, you know, we needed more material. So that was reflected in this new price. So I'm feeling massive anxiety, fear. I have judgment towards the client, clearly, as you could tell with what I just said. I 100% don't want to make this call. I 100% want to avoid it. And so the easy path here is to send it in an email, give a complete explanation of, you know, why this proposal is what it is. They can take it or leave it, but I don't have to have any sort of conversation. Now, my desired outcome in this particular case is to close a sale and provide the client with the product that they'd want, that we'd work together to build together. And the harder path here is to have that conversation with the client, walk them through the project and each expense and why it is, and be with them while they experience any emotions that they might have and answer Mm -hmm. any questions 
and so on. But do everything that I can do to serve them and also get the desired outcome. Because we're all, you know, when we're thinking about, (laughs) you know, goal setting. And so there was this quote that I've heard a while back that struck a chord with me. And it's make easy decisions, which I would also say, you know, do what's easiest, which in many cases is to avoid a situation or a conversation, what have you, and have a hard life. Make hard decisions or do hard things and have an easy life. And so my personal anecdotes may not have resonated with with everybody. I think many women feel this things or anybody with people pleasing tendencies or have a strong desire to be liked. Um, Having people angry with you or unhappy with you is extremely horrible, but this can really, you know, be any uncomfortable situation. So as I was getting curious with my situation, which was Friday on these phone calls, I was remembering other times in life when I felt this level of anxiety and it reminded me a lot of when I had to run the 400 meters during my my track days, my track career. So this freaking race would just loom over me the whole day until it was done. And going into the race, there was absolutely no doubt that I would experience ridiculous physical pain. And the likelihood of me throwing up was quite high. I was pretty good at it and I wanted to win. That was my desired outcome there. And at almost every meet, there was, you know, at least one or two, three girls that were right up there with me. So a win wasn't guaranteed. It could really go anyway. It just depended how all of us showed it up, showed up. But the truth is I just had to try every meet. Seriously, almost every meet until my senior year of college, there was a part of me that wanted to flake, that wanted to find a way to get out of running it, to avoid it. And every meet, I was always so happy and I felt so good when I completed it, whether I won or not. Each season, you know, I would improve my time every time I ran that race, unless there was like some weird weather, which happened from time to time. But at each meet, that part of me that wanted to flake out or to avoid the race got less and less powerful. That voice in my head was, you know, more quiet, I guess. Each time I did that thing that I knew was hard, that I knew would suck, I learned to trust myself more and more. And trusting in your own ability to show up in the presence of fear and anxiety is gold. I'm saying this, my dog wants to jump up here with me. (laughs) She's leaving. So I've mentioned that I'm I'm on the other side of a couple pretty tough years. During 2021 and 2022, I had to step into several meetings where people were upset where I felt that there was a lot of contempt for me and for my organization that I worked for. And they would throw question after question at me. And I remember after two or three of these meetings, I felt some sense that, you know what? You people can give me your worst and I will sit here and I will take it and I'm not going to fall apart that I could answer each question with honesty, taking responsibility in full integrity. And it was not fun. All of those were hard. All of those sucked. And I knew walking into each meeting, I had a pretty good idea of what it was going to be like. That is a powerful feeling. And one you cannot get from avoiding things, from avoiding doing these hard things. Specifically, 
if it's along the path towards your goals, towards a desired outcome or a dream, you're not going to build these perseverance, these resilience muscles by avoiding these things that you don't want to do, by avoiding these emotions that you don't want to feel. That feeling comes, that feeling of power comes when you're in the arena and you're doing, you're doing it, (laughs) you're sitting with it. So there is that. Now I want to kind of look at this idea through the lens of a parent. So I have a terrible time seeing my kids experiencing any sort of pain, disappointment, whatever. And I'm not great at providing opportunities for them to grow in any way. So I started to reframe how I perceive hard or difficult situations that my kids face. You know, this can be, you know, hard times with friends, teachers in school, you know, them getting in trouble, losing, getting their ass chewed, you know, or, or helping them take responsibility for a mistake they may have made. I, you know, used to hate it. I would get really, you know, we want to remove these things in our kids' life or or our life that doesn't seem to fit with what we want so that we can just get rid of that 50% and have it just 100% good. But now I see those situations and those people as opportunities for my kids to really step up into the next level and, you know, grow that perseverance muscle, develop self-trust and become resilient children. My oldest daughter I've watched her here in the last couple of weeks really achieve some athletic success. And this is really comes after her going through a lot of pain since she was in seventh grade. And there's no doubt in my brain that each of these roadblocks from not playing or not getting playing time, not feeling valued by her coaches or her teammates, not feeling seen or respected as an athlete, you know, getting in, having an injury that knocked her out for two seasons. And this is all from her perception. I'm not putting that on anybody. This is just, you know, feelings of pain that I, I watched her endure, massive losing seasons, all of those things. And what I have seen is this has helped her develop trust in herself. And, you know, think about the thought patterns, the beliefs and the behaviors and the actions that your kid's going to take if they have that self-trust. What if they're building this, you know, when they're in high school so that by the time they really enter that quote unquote real world, they really have developed these, the skill of self-trust that they know that they can go through these hard things. So when my kids would come, now my kids come to me with hard things in life that are painful, they seem unfair when someone treats them poorly or when they have this uncomfortable action to take, I can see it as an opportunity for them to grow, for them to step into their power, to develop self-trust and resilience. And resilience, I think, is such a a very essential skill that I think we can teach our kids. Angela Duckworth is a U.S. psychologist. She's the author of the book, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And she said that resilience is a better indicator of success than IQ. And you can find evidence-based research that supports this. That of course, school marks are important and getting good grades, but their ability to really overcome adversity. And in my head, that means their ability to be with uncomfortable emotions is going to be a better indicator of success. So thank goodness that they have 
you know, teachers that might give them a hard time or challenge them or coaches or other people, because I know that I'm not doing a great job at that. <laughs> I hate seeing them disappointed, but I am massively grateful right now that there are other people that can do that, that I can help, you know, instead of pulling them out and protecting them from all of these uncomfortable things, I can kind of hold their hand through it and help them accept the situation as it is and look within and develop that self-trust. I think that's a pretty big thing. One of my purposes, one of the goals that I have is to raise exceptional, exceptional kids and exceptional, just raise good humans, I think is, is building this resiliency into them. For all of us, I think to get to the other side of any difficult action or difficult time, there's really no other way but through. We can, you know, we think we want to avoid it, but we're not going to be able to develop that self-trust, that resilience to step into this more powerful version of ourselves, to be able to be with these emotions that we hate feeling. And I I do talk about this a, a lot and to really explore who we are when we can integrate that into our whole selves. And so I think for all of us to get to the other side of something terrible, unpleasant, or difficult is through. The only way is through. It's not from avoiding. It's not from protecting. It's by accepting the situation and accepting and and being with the emotions that you have as you navigate through. And on the other side is a more resilient and a more powerful version of all of ourselves. So on that note, my friends, here is to embracing the sack. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Take care. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.